welcome to pakanimu podcast and happy to have you here yep looking forward happy to be on a podcast this is my first time probably being on a podcast so excited do you want to quickly introduce yourself Harshad. right uh, my name is harshad i have been working in ai ml field for almost 13 years uh, graduated um, did my masters from iit mumbai 2010 worked with bunch of startups large companies currently i am the co-founder and chief of ai of a company called examit ai awesome yeah notable thing is that you did instrumentation engineering and yeah. uh, not computer science so you are not a core cs guy not at all right and that's something i found very hard in the initial days when i made a switch to the industry <coughs> interestingly i also started uh, to come to cs from the hardware side right interdisciplinary branch so we used to have a lot of exposure to microcontrollers we used to build small uh, you know small projects using microcontrollers actual hardware uh, we also had some exposure to digital signal processing the dsp processors were also rage uh, back in the days right so started to come to cs not from a software side first from a hardware side architecture side and then slowly upgraded myself on the core aspect of software engineering right so i think a very different perspective let's dive into the details this is the first segment where we'll talk about the past experiences where have you worked before this have you worked in startups have you worked in large companies what has been your experience before examit ai yes so before examit uh, i was working for slack technologies the popular uh, communications app slack right so i was of part of the data engineering team uh, we were working out of india uh, with the us team right and work with like their uh, extremely extremely popular uh, projects like slack calls uh, this was during covid i worked on a, a feature called slack huddles right and i landed at slack because a us based startup astro that i was working for uh, we were acquired by slack right so that's how i ended up at slack so at astro i was the one of the early engineering employees building the backend for machine learning before that i have worked uh, in another startup in india called sukrati so we we were an adtech platform sukrati was acquired i think in 2018 uh, 18 17 18 it was acquired by another group right so i was at sukrati for almost 5 years set up their analytics practice okay interesting yeah i had a colleague i had actually my friend from college uh, kunal parekh uh, oh. working for sukrati do you know him yeah so kunal is a very good friend right? he joined slightly earlier than me but we yeah. were in the uh, you know core building phase of the product working together so kunal used to handle a lot of back end and front end also for sukrati and i was the data science machine learning person so small world <laughs> really small world okay yeah shout out to kunal he has our startup uh, school right like whatever little bit gyan i have about uh, doing business launching startup building products is all that me kunal and you know all young engineers like us we all acquired it during the initial time in sokrati awesome awesome okay so you worked with sokrati and uh, then you worked for astro um what were some of the learnings that you still carry with you today from those uh, days so i think sokrati piece was about you know uh, i joined sokrati in what 2012 where startup movement in india was again in its infancy uh, we flipkart was obviously very popular uh, getting popular startups were uh, becoming like a go to option for us right yeah. so fall starts also and essentially it's a journey where you actually see founders taking bets seeing the bets failing 
राइट एंड द साइन वे ऑफ सींग द फ्रस्ट्रेशन दैट ये नहीं चलने वाला टू यू नो दी अदर एंड वेर यू से क्या यू नो बिलियन डॉलर कंपनी बनाएगी इस पर सो आई थिंक द लर्निंग दैट स्टेड विथ मी वॉज टू बी पेशेंट राइट इंडिया बी टू बी मार्केट इन इंडिया राइट इज अ हार्ड प्लेस राइट एंड वी आर कम्पीटिंग विथ चीप लेबर कॉस्ट राइट सो इट्स गोइंग टू टेक टाइम इट्स इट्स नॉट अ स्प्रेंट जर्नी इट्स अ मैराथन विच दर बिल्डिंग आउट फ्रॉम इंडिया Uh, first good long exposure to working with bay area companies so again like definitely great experience okay uh, was it difficult uh, to collaborate cross time zone 12 plus hours of difference uh, working from here did you get enough guidance did you feel you are working in a silo uh, did you struggle with late evening meetings for example okay. so uh, late evening meetings work life balance was definitely a challenge right? and it's it's exactly 12 hours right uh, so little hard to work with having said that i think it let uh, me mature as a contributor in couple of sense one was it highlighted the importance of good communication within code comments uh, within the way you structure your documents right so when you're working alongside someone and this was pre covid right and like it was Uh, remote work was not like a very uh, good to idea for everyone nobody yeah. of us had an exposure for remote work apart from like you know occasional work from home so here we would have to communicate very detailed right every night when you are going home you probably set up a code review and you are going to receive the comments on the next day right so the idea was you have to be very uh, by intention you have to be a little over communicating in your code review in your project review documents etc so uh, and at the same time you know it's cross cultural you are working with people from different backgrounds different nationalities right so it's fun uh, i used to also receive lot of negative lot of constructive feedback at my days in astro right uh, with okay. some couple of very senior engineers who have been there done multiple startups seen multiple exits right and when you receive that kind of a feedback and it's slightly different from our experience right uh, so by nature indians we tend to uh, be uh, we, we tend to sugarcoat feedback right it's not in our dna to you uh, were very candid but at the same time slightly harsh feedback to each other with this us based company one we were not in the same office so feedback used to be very direct very candid right and couple of engineers and the vps i would work with were very senior like age gap wise also right uh, so at that point of time it was little uh, what do you say uh, not not a very good experience but uh, looking back i think uh, i saw that as the best part in my life where you know i was growing as an engineer as a contributor right i think so what stayed with me is the value of looking at any feedback very constructively right and uh, remove your own bias of you know feeling like let me defend why this happened instead you try to look for what the person is saying right i think that stayed with me uh maybe we we don't be so candid or so open in our feedback but i think uh, it was a great experience to sort of get exposure to such an environment 
it was better it was better because it was direct it was direct right and uh, maybe 5 years back uh, i was a lot younger right so when you hear a feedback like that uh, that you're not accustomed to it kind of takes you aback initially but then i think i uh, kind of grew up from it quickly while i i was working there right and i started enjoying the session where you know so essentially then you start look forward to looking forward to what kind of comments are you receiving and then maybe you try to dig deeper right if a very senior yeah. engineer gives you some code comment you try to ask them hey is there a war story behind this comment right uh yes i take this comment but is there a war story now then then you go back 10 years back at some startup or some large company they worked with in the us and x happened and from then i that person would say that from then i decided to you know not do x not do y so mm. it was experience altogether uh, i highly recommend working in a remote setting in a cross cultural out of india environment if you know if someone gets a chance right? uh, it 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 helps massively to grow uh, as an engineer yeah it's very interesting um, and very good to see that you digged into the reason why they gave the comment um there is always an experience that led them to build a belief rightly so but understanding that context allows you to read the comment in a in a better light yep yep yeah other very thing is uh, the difference that has also stayed with me is uh, companies in the us tend to work with a very large capital even at the onset of their startup journeys right and we don't have liberty to do that in india right uh, so some of the architectural or technical choices the way are they are taken in companies in the us are probably not possible not feasible in india so like as i as i look back uh, from a founder shoes now on my previous experience i can see that hey you know uh, some companies in the us start with like very large seed rounds like multi billion dollar seed rounds so they are able to sort of throw money at some challenges initially whereas in india we need to stay alive with a short capital and you know decide best how to allocate it so i think that right. one challenge uh, like you know if you work too long with us companies uh, and then you try to build something for india it can be a rude awakening also right yeah indian cost structures are very frugal but yeah you, that frugality can be lost on you अगर यूएस में आप यूएस स्टार्टअप्स के साथ आप बहुत ज्यादा काम कर रहे हो आई एम श्योर देर वॉज अ लार्जर रीजन वाई स्लैक चोज टू एक्वायर एस्ट्रो अपार्ट फ्रॉम यू गाइज बींगजर्स ऑफ स्लैक कॉल्स राइट वॉट इज दैट रीजन सो सो एस्ट्रो वॉज अ मेल क्लाइंट राइट सो वी हैड अ कंज्यूमर मेल क्लाइंट एंड वेन दे वर ट्राइंग टू आयर मी आई हैड अगेन लाफ्ट एट इट आइडिया राइट इट मेल क्लाइंट कौन बनाता है यार एंड दिस इट की Dude, you don't know about it. Just join us, right? And when I joined, I realized, oh wow, it, it's actually a well-loved product, right? And even in a domain that we think it's solved, like email, they were innovating. So Astro yeah. had an email client uh, with an AI integration, uh, where you can give you know natural language inputs to, hey, show me all the mails from Bhavan. Uh, it would do auto classification, etc. And then we were building a Teams, like a shared inbox for Teams, sales teams, etc. And we had a very great uh slack integration right that was quite popular and although slack uh, people tend to say that they set out to kill email uh but slack also realized that uh, to increase like to expand in certain domains uh, where traditionally email is very heavily used like finance legal hr you yeah. would also need a good story with email right and that is where 
they decided to acquire Astro, right? To have okay. their plugins in house. And so when, once we joined, we built some fantastic. So if you have used the calendar integrations uh, within Slack, right? Yeah, they are mm-hmm. quite. So those were yeah. built by like my colleagues in Pune. Right? And I used to feel like very proud uh, when I would mention this to people in India. Oh, you work with Slack, nice. And then they would realize that you know this calendar integrations and well loved features within the platform are built by a team in India. So yeah, I think that's that's the story why Slack acquired us. Okay, interesting. How was the tech journey during the acquisition? Were yeah. you like building new features? How was the due diligence? I'm sure there were a ton of new uh, learnings and new exposure uh, to things. Correct, right? So and uh, so this was an interesting experience because Slack was acquiring the product, right? The integrations, the team, the people. It was more on the product and team acquisition than a business acquisition. So there was a very thorough due diligence of the technical stack, right? They went through everyone's code. There was a security audit of uh, the product that was launched, right? And I was, and I I didn't know, right? I was not like one of the founders, right? So I didn't know that, right? Our diligence, etc., or whatever audits they are happening, they are part of this larger story. But I got to be a part of it. Where the learning now that has stayed with me is that some aspect of your product have to be in place from day one. So, the founders of Astro, the senior engineers had put in that kind of structure from day one. Like uh, what? Can example, you give examples? You need from day one have your security, good security practices in place. Right? From using uh, separate password, password managers, to not having password hard-coded anywhere in your code base, even for you know, dev environment or even for throwaway experiments. Uh, thinking about PII sensitivity, thinking about compliances, Right, what kind of data you uh, need to right? Uh, maybe multi-tenant architecture where some large B2B customers might ask for certain specific security features, right? And hmm. now if you've not architected your app to sort of potentially support this from day one where you are just you know hacking things together, it might be very painful to break that in again. Uh, and especially during these uh, product tech acquisitions, uh, the quality of the code also is kind of seen, right? So uh, have yeah. you built your uh, CI/CD pipelines well? How is the code coverage? How is the test coverage of your code base? Right? Um, how big was Astro when you're working? Just to put some context here before we dive into tests and uh, CI/CD, how big was the team? 25, 30. In India, we were 13 engineers, maybe 7, 8 in US plus other product design folks. Okay, so 20. That's a small team. That's not a very big team. Um, did you guys have tests from day one? Yes, yes, absolutely. You did, and there was enforced coverage, huh? Enforced in coverage. the code. Yes, yes. Okay. So essentially, I think that has stayed with me, right? The way the oral coding practices, like you know, there will be a formal code review, then a bunch of regression tests will run, and you can only commit to your mainline after committing, after completing a set of checks, etc. So all those things were already set up by the time I joined uh, and I think that was uh, the good learning right the initial engineers and the founders of that company had done this multiple times together right so it was in their DNA that even if you're starting a new idea you don't compromise on uh, some of these best practices right and we were dealing with consumer data right essentially people are trusting you with their emails uh, right yeah. it's a client right so you now you have to encrypt all the data 
random engineer at your company shouldn't be able to you know just log into someone's uh, mailbox and read through their emails uh, now how do you set up logging infrastructure uh, for a sensitive data when you're playing around with sensitive data right? so all those things uh, were baked into the app by design yeah right? so from on day one of the onboarding we got like an onboarding doc which said that hey first thing like as you enter in the company first thing that has to be set up was a password manager Mm-hmm. Right? Because uh, in a modern dev shop, you tend to use so many services for uh, from your CI/CD to your coding, testing, analytics, right? Yeah. Um, so you might become little careless with sharing password on multiple sites, etc. Right? So uh, they had baked in this practice that it's not allowed, right? And these are small costs to pay upfront, right? Uh, in dollar terms, right? So as an Indian, uh, Indian startup, I would at times frown at some of these additional cost, right? But they were baked in from day one, right? And that was, that's a great experience that has stayed with me. Yeah, this is where uh, you mean the frugality uh, can hit you in the face. Uh, US may people have that money to uh, actually do this setup correctly. I mean, I don't think any Indian startup would even think of paying for startup um, uh, manager, uh, 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 password managers um, in the initial years until they start making some money. Yeah. So I, I think one thing that I do miss is like we don't have homegrown Indian products for these, right? I think for email domains, Zoho is obviously doing great, right? Yeah. But I wish there were more tooling and more affordable tooling. Then I'm sure. Most of us would be willing to shell a little money. Product. What happens is every user is paid like seven, eight dollars per seat. Right? It's a steep cost for anyone to use them from day one. Yeah, but if it was something like thirty rupees or fifty rupees per head yeah, yeah. Uh, per month, I think that's more uh, digestible. Which is yeah. like some seventy, eighty cents, maybe a dollar if eighty rupees uh, is the cost. Yeah. yeah, correct. Okay, so is there is there where uh, the idea of Xambit AI? Uh, came into picture. You talked about uh, building things in India. Uh, oh yes. So Xambit. So I had entrepreneurial ambitions for a long time, and I was just fortunate to land in AI ML as a field. Uh, right back when I joined, like my first org, org in 2010, I didn't know what I was getting into. But data science uh, was just picking up. Uh, it was back in back then. It was called applied stats, data science. Right, multiple names for the same idea of. Uh, teaching algorithms to take decisions, analyze data, right. right? And so I had harbored these ambitions for a long time. Uh, but at Astro and Slack, I saw how products are built uh, firsthand, right? And yeah. I was a little fortunate Slack went for an IPO. So that gave me some confidence that I can, you know, make up on my own for a year, year and a half without salary. Uh, so like that's i'm just probably just got lucky there <laughs> right uh, right so that gave me little bit of uh, you know confidence that chal jayega and that's when when they again further got acquired by salesforce i decided that you know it's enough joining bigger and bigger companies now and i decided to uh, do full time i was doing the experiments on ai ml in my spare time uh, always right so me and bunch of friends at slack had tried building something on the weekends moonlighting uh, but I also realized that for people to take your idea, your app seriously, mm-hmm. you have to do it full time, right? Start with an MVP maybe, but uh, as soon as it is possible, if you are convinced, then you have to be full time with that idea, right? Uh, okay. 
Interesting. So yeah, let's dive into the second segment, which is the Exambit AI and the early days of uh, building this company. How did the idea come along, etc. Uh, I would love for you to talk about um, the decision of quitting the full-time job and taking this on uh, full-time. What was the level of MVP maturity that you were looking for? Was there any hesitation? Uh, how was that whole decision of quitting the full-time job? Yeah. So money, I think, as I said, right, I was, I just got lucky uh, to get a bit, great uh, bit of money from, uh, because Slack went for an IPO, right, and I had some ESOPs. So that was like one comforting factor. And I think right. that comforting factor or money is something you cannot ignore or you cannot, you know, wish away. Right? So you have to have maybe uh, for everyone, it depends on their background, how big is the family, what are the responsibilities, but maybe few months of bank balance and uh, that you can just scrape by is the first level right? before going full time. Hmm. Uh, I'm a frugal person, so I had different set of numbers in my mind. Uh, I was fortunate that my wife was working full time at that time in a decent company, right? And she was very supportive of the idea. So these two factors definitely okay. I was little lucky uh, played in my favor. Uh, MVP, I think no, I was executing a different idea in edtech uh, before I decided to quit full time. Right. Okay. So I had some strong conviction on that I want to try out something. Right. So this was not that I had an MVP, people using it, and then I decided to go full time. I think it doesn't go that linearly. Uh, a good phase would be that you are talking to people. Uh, people are telling you that there is a real problem. Right. Uh, so sometimes you have to take that leap of faith, saying that I will experiment. I will see through this for say a year, 18 months, some, some timeline, six months, right? And then you take that hmm. leap of faith, uh, build it out. Fortunately, I think, uh, India has changed so much that someone saying on their resume that they, you know, took a plunge for a year, it didn't work out, but here are the learnings they derived from their journey. It's an extremely, extremely valuable thing to have on the resume, right? I think, and I think yes. that's where we have evolved as a nation, evolved as a uh, tech community that someone you know taking the risk out trying something out learning from it is cherished right and even founders uh, senior engineers they tend to favor people Ki, achha, isne kuch kiya hai, right he's tried it out so he has some more hmm. stories he or she right? so this person will be helpful so from that standpoint i think we are just lucky in this era that if you can if you have a strong conviction about some idea that you want to try it out you think you can actually execute it, just take the plunge, uh, right? Worst come worse, you can say, yeah, I got a lot of learnings and come back to industry. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, the access to money is also much better now than uh, it was a decade ago. So, because they are able to think about uh, trying something on their own and yeah, definitely there is a lot of acceptance in the industry, uh, which like, was it there? Was it missing before? before a certain time and did you see that behavior change uh, where people became more accepting of uh, into a startup? Sorry, I started okay. my career in 2010. Back then, I don't think it was that popular to take a plunge, but some of the success stories like hmm. Flipkart and other stories just opened our eyes to the possibilities, right? Yeah. Uh, so access to capital, I think there is okay. in two parts. There's one, your personal saving, the other is the VC money the vc money cycle is like a sine wave right i don't think we should rely too much on uh, that 
because like back then in 2020 2021 like euphoric time right you know any idea was getting funded huh. you, you build something around yeah. remote work people would just put in money now we are back uh, to probably the rock bottom where there have been you know negative news about some startups right and now suddenly yeah. Uh, the capital, especially like if you look at last two quarters of 2023, very brutal in terms of the total funding uh, and total new startups getting funded. So one is that macroeconomic is going to go through cycles. Uh, what matters is, are you working on a real problem? And, you know, just be real, be uh, truthful, uh, you know, see the data, how things are, like you throw something out in the market, see how market reacts to it. That's the, that's the way to build. Like focus on the users whether you are solving the right problem or not. Money part will get figured out. Right. Okay. So you took the plunge and uh, you started doing an edtech problem. Uh, how did the idea of Xambit AI uh, came around and how was the experience like building it in the initial days? I believe it's just you and your co-founder who is writing code and the rest of the team is just selling. So Anwar is my co-founder, right? I met him through a friend of a friend. Uh, he sits out of Goa because his previous company was shutting down and he was based out of Goa. Right? Uh, so we met in Goa, chit chatted about, uh, and he was doing AI ML for some time, very hands on person. Uh, in fact, more hardcore, more hardware oriented than me. Right? And we started, uh, and both of us knew that we had to build around this area. Uh, the question was just figuring out what, right? And obviously, we made a lot of false starts. We started off with the idea of like building a Zapier for ML, where there will be a lot of pre-baked ML models and any company can start, uh, you know, it, they can just plug together a bunch of pipelines and start using it. Uh, went to a bunch of companies through friends, tried to sell it. Uh, didn't work too well. Then we realized quickly that, hey, you know, people are looking more for bespoke solved problems. Right? Uh, the number of companies in India who want to kind of build ML in-house is small, right? And those who are fortunate large companies, they have decent engineering teams. So we then kept on iterating, right? To bunch of false start. Uh, uh, then within that, we got hit because GPT released it. So we were uh, sort of experimenting with GPT models for a long time, even before they were popular. Uh, reading the paper, right. trying out. But OpenAI wave kind of hit the market uh, like a obviously had to think on our toes right? and a lot of ideas that we were thinking uh, are fruitful were just taken right? because now anyone so it kind of commoditized uh, some of the low hanging fruits in ml as a domain right? now anyone can build it right in house as long as the security uh, up to an extent and cost is not a challenge people can throw open air at a problem to solve it right so we had to again uh, go through another iteration where we said that, hey, is there still a domain where uh, ML can contribute, where the data volume is large, data velocity is more, uh, and security concern, right? People cannot just integrate a third-party API and start pushing the data. And that's where our other co-founders joined us. Uh, they were, again, friends who were iterating in finance as a domain. Right? And when we you know, sat together over like long evenings, we realized that uh, as developers, we have tons of tools that help us in a day-to-day. -day. Right? We have version control, we have IDs that give us auto-complete. 
initial uh, idea was that hey you know look at a large lender or a risk analyst in a bank who is signing off on a 10 crore loan right let's say a business is approached the bank for a 10 crore loan uh, this entire process is manual today right so the company will supply mm-hmm. a bunch of documents uh, a large team of chartered accountants will sit down parse through the documents they'll create their excel projections and a bunch yeah. of these things happen and this analyst finally takes a call whether to go or no go right and i realized after talking to a few people that apart from excel they don't use any tool right so we set out with the idea that we are going to build a finance copilot like we have heard of github copilot so we are going to build a finance copilot that will work for finance lending legal these allied industries right so that's that's the idea we right set out to so and we are so essentially uh, it was very clear to us that this is something that we cannot be a wrapper over open ai or some third party tool right so we have to build this in house right so we are finding building large ml models right uh, and taking very contrarian calls right so we are talking to a bunch of banks small customers right now and we are open to even doing like deploying this in their private data centers right if a larger yeah. customer comes along and they just to put this on prem right again that's slightly very different than the way we've been taught to operate but we are open to the idea yeah. you you take a proper box, you install the gpt on it and you service them from their uh, location if required on prem is getting uh, on prem is getting more uh, popular nowadays many companies are moving on prem away from cloud yeah. yeah so because this domain is bunch of uh, compliance restrictions because it's a sensitive data right people's companies financial statements etc Uh, there are i guess some data residency laws also and in general the industry is very uh, what you can say for right reasons they are very very uh, pessimistic about you know sharing data with cloud service providers awesome so looks like you are in the early phase and you are still building um would love to dive into the third segment which talks about the architectural uh, decisions that are taken can you walk us through uh, various deci- decisions that you took on the way many of them would not have worked uh, if you want to share them many of them would have worked and yeah how it evolved over time so do you want to take that deep dive yep yep sure sure so uh, the the basic idea of the application is very simple right so for a loan applicant right now a bunch of documents come in they flow through some computational step where an ai model needs to ask some question on the document literally ask a document some questions and some data comes out you need to summarize it in a form that the lender or a bank employee will be able to take an informed call by looking at the data rather than looking through 50 documents right page by page that's that's the idea so architecturally uh, we have a crud layer right which ingests these documents splits them up does some basic pre processing on it so this part is written in rust right and then we have our own uh, so we we took llama to uh, open source model we did a bunch of trainings fine tunings on it for finance as a domain and we run this uh, on like bare metal gpu machines hosted in india uh, for actually doing the ml fancy part of it right so those two uh, those two are the major parts right a crud and semi processing small satellite ai model layer written in rust and our home grown uh, ai inference engine uh, built on top of llama 
that is again deployed bare metal servers in india right and these two uh, like we started off with using third party libraries like uh, this there is this library called hugging face which is very popular and everyone uh, when they start out in ai and they start using hugging face etc and then uh, we realized that yaar isme challenge ye hai ki if something goes wrong right you are essentially trusting uh, and that, that library is built uh, as a layer of abstractions because they want to make it commoditized so we realized that right. yaar uh, we need to know what we are running right if we are making a hmm. promise to a bank that <laughs> you know our ai can be deployed in your decision processes we cannot be working on top of a bunch of black boxes right and that's where we decided that even if it takes a bit of time we need to understand how the inference of this ai model is working right so we literally me right. and my co-founder sat down uh, uh understood like went through each layer one by one and wrote our own inference code inference for the layer using rust was not my call like i have been a dynamic language person i didn't have any exposure to rust it's a call that my co-founder took Uh, because he tends to handle more on the crud, the security layer side, or on like how do you sell and serve to enterprises. He has decent background in it. So that was another learning, mm-hmm. right? As a co-founder, you you don't try to make all decisions yourself, right? Just trust the other person a little bit, uh, go with it, even if it's little uncomfortable to start with. Does Rust has uh, uh, um, the library support for like various libraries that you might need to actually build a co- cohesive software? Ah, uh, it's evolving, right? It's definitely a very happening ecosystem. Obviously, nothing beats Python because it's been around, right, for thirty years. Yeah. Uh, what? So the flip side is it allows it kind of slows you down, is what I have seen, right? Especially uh, in a startupy mode where you are just trying to hack things together. Rust hmm. kind of slows you down, right? It forces you to. think through what you're doing think through the edge cases right because what what i've seen happens with node or python is that the happy path is very fast to code code with uh, the unhappy path the edge cases around security scale right those you can just paper over them initially right rust kind of is little slow in the sense you have to think through them even on day one but yeah. then we have seen that once the code compiles and we release something to to production we are more confident than say a dynamic language uh, as to around the basics of the applications are not going to fail right so if something fails is primarily then you are left in dealing with the business domain logic and cost wise right. also right so slowing down is a good thing slowing down is a good thing right uh, in startup you want to go fast but i think uh the nuance there is go fast on the go fast on what you're learning from the market go fast on the product market fit the development velocity uh, just you know do things correctly uh right and stay true to your promises around security scale etc it also is uh, helping us to stay very nimble frugal right because you can run like bare like once you compile it it's, it's going to consume like lot less memory Uh, run a lot faster, yeah. right? So you can we're putting at least the crud layer is running in Google Cloud Run, right? Where we end up paying like mm-hmm. very little, just a few seconds of usage uh, during the data ingestion. Because I know that most of our cost is going to be dominated by GPU and AI, and there there is very little that we can uh, control. 
because GPUs are again we import right <laughs> we pay in dollar amounts for hosting GPU sort of so that cost is right. always going to be there uh, so then we try to use Rust uh, along these other dimensions to sort of try to balance it out. Okay, so to summarize uh, uh, the architectural deep dive, how does the infra layer look like? You described how is the code structured and how is the logical flow. Can you talk more about the infra? You mentioned uh, Google's uh, cloud run. Um, what other components yeah. are involved? Where do you store your um, data? So mm -hmm. uh, we store our data uh, in something called CockroachDB. Again, hosted in India or so in, interestingly, my co-founder had set up the architecture in a multi-tenant. I don't know if multi-tenant is the right word, but he has set it up in a such a way that two organizations don't show, share a database. Right. Again, hard to sort of bake on day one, but let's say yeah. a, a very bad data leak on one org is not going to affect the other org right away. Or let's say if uh, one org decides to leave, stop working with us, and they insist that we have to clean up all the data, right? You don't have accidental deletion of another uh, organization, right? So from day one, every org right. sort of resides in a different database for their actual files and the financial data that we ingest, right? Uh, so essentially, a bunch of Google Cloud Run services for the CRUD layer, which ingest the files. Some of the critical components are hosted on a VM, again, in, inside GCP. Uh, the data goes back to CockroachDB. Uh, so Cockroach is, I think it has some nice uh, features around replication, right? We don't want a data loss here. And set it up in a way so that the data deletion is easy, security is taken care of, encryption, right? Potentially, let's say tomorrow a customer says that we want to provide you with our encryption keys for, it's, it's called enterprise key management, right? It's, it's offered by... Yeah large like a lot of apps offer that for large enterprises we can potentially support that uh, and then yeah. there is uh, ai layer so there are some satellite ai models for table extraction etc they again run in a what you can say in memory fashion on some cloud providers where you spin up a gpu you load the model you do some processing you throw it away uh, right, and then there is a beast of LLM or a large language model hosted on uh, a proper GPU machine. You build it as an image, you ship the weights, and these services then essentially uh, parse through the file, store the data in the DB, and then through cloud task, etc., you make a call to LLM and say that, hey, you know, can you interpret? Essentially, prompt engineering part of the LLM. The data comes back, right. uh, there is a swelled swelled application which is a front end where the customers see a dashboard about that particular so that's largely how it is structured so all gcp except for the gpu box it's hosted on a different data center interesting um what is the roadmap um which is the fourth and the last segment of this podcast mm -hmm. can you talk about what's the roadmap product roadmap technical roadmap for the exambit ai and um are you looking for team members to join you? So why should they join you? Oh, absolutely. So our vision is to build like a co-pilot uh, for, and essentially this is a boring domain, right? Uh, finance, uh, legal, sort of, uh, these are boring domains. We are, uh, the idea is let's make money by automating boring workflows in boring industries, right? Let's not uh, try to uh, sort of build a new shiny object, right? 
let's make ai work for real applications and that's what like we are very experienced founders right uh, amongst us we all of us have at least 12 to 13 years of work experience in the industry before we started to build this out so we are very clear that the money will be made in b2b applications by automating real you know real work using ai and not by building something very trivial and we build using very bare bones tools right you know a very so for example don't use a library use a very plain pytorch inference layer for your large ai model try to host it yourself mm-hmm. on a bare metal gpu machine so now my co-founder and me probably know a lot about tuning a gpu how do you select one etc uh, etc et right? so try to innovate in all parts of the stack and the what you can say roadmap is to build an awesome co-pilot right let's give tools for finance legal industries to kind of we we talk of 10x engineers in our domain right why can't there be 10x uh, financial risk analyst right why do they have to read through 500 pages of documents every time they want to solve a problem right why not have an agent a junior ca that is working with them all the time a trustworthy agent right a trustworthy co-pilot for them uh and let's try to have some fun along the way and we are definitely hiring out right? so we are looking for people who want to work at the intersection of you know b2b enterprise apps and ai right and what we promise is you will actually build stuff here right? you will actually deploy models actually try to scale them uh to work at the cheapest cost highest speed etc etc and we will because of the constraint of the domain and our own edge we will always be building things in house uh going little slow but you know making a mark right so if anyone is excited about working on rust working on like bare bones pytorch really learning how ai apps are deployed how how llms work right they should you know definitely reach out to me but I, i forgot to mention right i used to do and i have been still doing is this thing where i teach people about ai and maths right as a side uh side business i wouldn't call it a business side passion right i have been doing that since yeah. 2013 uh, hosted like multiple workshops for like 60 70 people at a time uh, in bangalore pune mumbai right where i have taught a lot of people uh, about the basics maths and machine learning right and you can uh, learn that first hand if you join right so we we have an intern interestingly we found him on reddit right while browsing uh, through rust threads and he joined right and he's learning a lot working with us about ai about you know building cool stuff using rust so if if anyone yeah. is excited about that you know definitely should talk to us who are your clients are they just indian banks and indian financial institutions or uh, are you selling globally as well no so currently at least for next one year the plan is to achieve some pmf in india right and with like decent revenue run rates Uh, right uh, because even though i think ai has reduced the barriers but finance as an industry has very different like global markets are different right? you know average home loan rate in india would be 8 9% in the us again right now it's it has come up a lot but uh, all these global markets behave very differently in terms of compliances regulations right so pehle yeah. india mein chalayenge right once we can satisfy and compete uh, with indian uh, standards indian labor cost we can definitely sell it in the us and it's also a conscious yeah. call to be a little focused uh, at the start out right 
Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, this was a great chat, Harshad, and thank you for joining. Oh yes, absolutely. Right. I hope uh, you know people who listen to it take away something that is probably uh, out from their experiences. Right. If anyone in general has questions about AI ML, uh, you know, let them reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm generally very respondent, even if it's not related to XMBT AI. But in general, talk about uh, this domain. I have some war stories that I have fortunately acquired over 12, 13 years. So happy to help anyone. And it, it, I think it's a fantastic conversation, Marvin. I really appreciate the way you have grown this podcast, right? The way you have structured. Uh, so I must mention, thanks, kudos, like all the prep that went into it. Uh, it's been a fantastic experience. Thank you. Thank you for supporting. Take care, Rashid. Yeah.